Well, good evening and welcome to Heart in the Home. And it's so good that you've tuned in to join us this evening. I wonder if anyone has ever said to you that you're just a do-gooder. It's often said in a negative sense, you're just a do-gooder, you're, you're interfering, you're not actually helping, you're, you're kind of making things worse. Or maybe even that you're kind of trying to do good, to, but it's all for your own gain. This evening, I want to reclaim and own that phrase of being a just do-gooder. To help us see the reality is that as a, a follower of Jesus, I should be. I should be the one who lives out a life that, one that is a just do-gooder. Not in a negative sense I've just described, but in a way that brings life and brings restoration and brings hope. A way in which we follow the Jesus way, the kingdom way, in which we see a more just society and world around us. As followers of Jesus, we are people of the book, the, the book being the Bible. We're readers, studiers, meditators, grapplers, shapers, uh, and, and, sorry, we're shaped by the Bible. And as a church, one of our, our core statements is that we're going to be a church that is going to be unswervingly obedient to the Bible and all it calls us to be and do. So what's the, the biblical basis to talk about being just? See, God, I believe 100% that God is a God of justice. See, God created, he created a creation, the whole cosmos, and he saw that it was good. He created human beings like me and you, and, and we have what we call the fall, where we, we disobey God. But God is holy and pure. He's, he, he, there's not, God has never done anything wrong. There is nothing bad or sinful in God. He is perfect and pure and holy, set apart. And therefore, he cannot be associated in such a way with sin. He's a God of justice and holiness. And therefore, actually, we see that just why Jesus came so that we could be made right with God, so that Jesus would take our place as, uh, take our punishment for us, so we could be reconciled and made right with God. But actually, there's a, a vertical, so that being back right with God kind of justice, where, where we're justified. And that's often what we focus on, and that's good, we need to remember that. But there's also the horizontal, the horizontal of relationships with others and, and the world around us. And the horizontal is only truly made possible by good and right relationship with God. God created what was good, we have spoiled it, we've, we've broken it, it's called sin. And God is a God of justice who, who wants things to be done right. He wants a world which is fair and healthy and good. He hates injustice. God hates poverty. Hates sexism, racism. He's pro-life in all its forms. He, he, he's not one for murder or abortion. He's not one for deprivation. He hates the injustice that there is starvation in the world while so many are so greedy. He hates abuse and human trafficking, fuel poverty. Postcode health poverty, whatever it might be. Did you know that in parts of Morecambe, your life expectancy is significantly less than someone just further around the bay? Your life expectancy would, would increase for some place in Morecambe uh, if you were to walk six miles further around the bay. And that's not right. He hates injustice. 
you know, one in ten verses in what are called the synoptic gospels, which is the accounts of Jesus, but there's Matthew, Mark and Luke, they're called the synoptic gospels, and one in ten verses within them are about social justice, about the horizontal justice, about right relationships with others, and about looking after and changing and seeing the world change and, and society change that there is no more injust, injustice and we see more just way of living. The only thing Jesus speaks about more is actually the kingdom of God. And the reality is that in the kingdom of God is a just, the kingdom of God is a place where justice flows like a river. And as I mentioned before, there are two aspects to justice. There's the vertical in relationship with God that Jesus died to take the punishment that we were due, that was due to us so we can be justified and made right with God. God of justice. There is a punishment for our sin which Jesus took for us if we put our faith and trust in him. That's what Jesus did on the cross. But then there's the horizontal, often called social justice. The reconciling of people to each other and seeing a more just society. And this is fundamentally bound together with reconciliation with God as well. But so often we focus on the vertical. But we need to remember there's a horizontal that comes in a relationship with God. The key verse in the Bible in Micah chapter 6 verse 8, which God says this. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. What does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. But what does that mean for Jesus followers? What does that mean if we're going to, we, we've come to know Jesus now, we want to live in obedience and follow him. What is required by God? So we live lives of justice, not just self-serving, but lives that are just and lift others up and, and see the injustice of this world fought against and eradicated in Jesus' name. That we love mercy, that we treat the we don't treat people how they deserve, but we are merciful in the way we live. And we walk humbly within our relationship with God, knowing our place, that we are the created and he is the creator. That we live lives of justice. You know, there's a verse in the book of James in the Bible which says, faith without works is dead. That our faith, that our relationship with Jesus is not based on works, it's not with something we earn, but actually faith will work itself out in the way that we live. It's not simply an intellectual belief, though it, it is intellectual, but it's an experiential life that transforms the world around us. That it, it's a, it changes the reality of the world around us as we live out our faith. You know, sometimes we can think that all that God ever says to us is, I love you, I love you, and I love you. Now, there's an element of truth to that, but the, tr the reality is that so often there are so many instances in life where God often disrupts our lives and challenges us to seek a new way, a better way. Ways that not always are better for ourselves, but maybe for the lives of others, where we see cultural and societal transformation God loves to disrupt and challenge and change and he often works in that way in our lives well that's not right that shouldn't be someone needs to do something about this and after that somebody needs to do something about this God's saying it's you and this is the heart of God from the very 
beginning, that we look after the last, the lost and the least, the broken, the hurting, the foreigner, the marginalised, whatever it might be, this is God's heart. From the beginning, continuing through the Bible and throughout human history. And we actually see this in the ancestral line of Jesus. That actually the laws of God, which God gave to the Israelites to help them to be a just people, to look after the orphan, the widow, the foreigner, the poor. We see those laws actually play out in bringing together some of Jesus' bloodline. Let me show you. Let me show you. So let me just show you where one, one area where, where the, the, the law commands the people of Israel to be just. So it's in Leviticus 19, verse 9 and 10. When you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Do not go over the vineyard a second time or pick up the grapes that have fallen. Leave them for the poor and the foreigner. I am the Lord your God. So this is really practical, humble generosity. Basically, as you get all your men to go and harvest your barley or whatever your grain might be, don't tell them to, to tell them to stay right, away from right the edge. Leave the edges. And so those who are in need can go and take from the edges those who are poor, those who are widows. Widows would have been had no rights, would have been um, outcasts, would have been really poor in society. Uh, the foreigner would not have often been welcomed and cared for. Look, care for these people. Leave provision. Be generous. Don't always look at the bottom line, but look at maybe some of the people that have been left at the bottom and help them. So if we journey on then from the Leviticus, where the, the law is being given, into what is the book of Ruth. So this is a book, the story of Ruth in a nutshell. Beautiful story. Only four chapters. Maybe one to worth, worth, really worth reading. So there's this family of Israelites who are struggling because there's a famine in Israel. There's a husband and, and her, uh, his wife is called Naomi and they have two sons. The family of four moves to a place called Moab and, and the husband dies. The two sons marry two Moabite women and then actually two sons die. So all that is left is Naomi who's moved from Israel and her two daughter-in-laws Ruth and Ophrah. Naomi has no reason to stay in Moab, so she tells her two daughter-in-laws that she's moving back home to Israel. And Naomi knows that, there's, that life for an unmarried foreign widow is going to be tough in Israel. And so she starts to encourage her daughter-in-laws to stay in Moab. Orpah uh, agrees, but Ruth remains loyal. And it, and it says, uh, this is what she says in, in Ruth chapter 1. Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. And so Ruth and Naomi, they return to Israel together. And then obviously super practical when they return the the, the next the question is, where are we going to have sustenance? Where are we going to get our food from? And so they arrive in Israel uh, just as the barley harvest begins. And so remember Leviticus? Remember we just looked at? When you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Leave them for the poor and the foreigner. 
And so Ruth goes to gather the barley that has been left by the owners of the field. She goes to a, a field belonging to a man named Boaz, who actually happens to be a relative of Naomi. Boaz is a, a man of noble character. And when he hears who Ruth is, her loyalty to Naomi and what she's done, he shows remarkable generosity to this immigrant. It gives her special privileges, special provision. But ju just like, just in, uh, Boaz has been obedient to what it says in Leviticus to do. And so to cut a long story short, Ruth returns home to Naomi. She tells she, Naomi, uh, she tells Naomi she's met Boaz and, and Naomi's over in the moon. Because there's so much more going on. And we haven't got time to go into it about um, sort of some of the family traditions of those days that would have meant that Boaz would redeem uh, Ruth and would redeem the family, give them a, a, a future. But basically, Ruth ends up actually marrying Boaz. But why did I tell you that? Not just because it's an example of this sort of social justice, practical generosity playing out. But if we follow the line which results from social justice, from loving the poor, the widow, the foreigner, creating provision for those who are less fortunate, through Boaz's obedience to the heart of God, he marries Ruth, they have children, they are the great-grandparents of King David. Do you know David and Goliath, David, David who wrote the psalm, most of the Psalms, David, of which Jesus is in the bloodline, the ancestral line of David. So from this act, Boaz and Ruth are in the line of Jesus. Check out Matthew chapter 1, you can see it there. So not only is the heart of God justice, but he uses such practical provision in the line of him himself coming in flesh in Jesus. God is a God of justice. Remember Micah chapter, chapter 6 verse 8. He is showing you a mortal what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. What does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. What is required of us if we're following Jesus is to be justice carriers. Those who seek to see an end of injustices who, through prayer, who petition, who protest, who get to know the real needs of our communities and the world around us. And maybe you think certain issues are limited in what I can do. But there'll be organisations that can, you can get behind financially in prayer and in other ways. And you can work hard towards bringing about a better and fairer and more just society. You know, I believe this is so, so much part of what it truly means for us as Jesus followers to pray your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. It's to seek, to see the injustices of poverty, sexism, racism, the, the, where life is not viewed as sacred through things like abortion and murder and war, deprivation, the injustice of starvation, abuse, human trafficking, fuel poverty, postcode health, whatever it might be, all the injustices that are around. To work towards seeing a world where people are valued 
and treated how God wants them to be with love, dignity and worth. This can only be done in its fullness, I believe, by the power of God working in every area of society. The church, the people of God standing up and saying no more and not on our watch. And I believe that you may be given a God-given passion and righteous, holy anger, maybe about a certain injustice. And I pray that your prayer be like mine. Jesus, break my heart for what breaks yours. Break my heart for what breaks yours. Open my eyes, break my heart. And move me in obedience that we might see a world that is more just. Let's be those just do-gooders in a way which brings life, brings restoration, brings hope. A way in which we follow the Jesus way, the kingdom way. I end with these verses from Isaiah chapter 58 verses 9 to 12 from the message version. And I believe these are written over us as heart church. It says this, if you get rid of your unfair practices, quit blaming victims, quit gossiping about other people's sins. If you are generous with the hungry and start giving yourselves to the down and out, your lives will begin to glow in the darkness. Your shadowed lives will be bathed in sunlight. I will show you where to go. I will give you a full life in the emptiest of places. Firm muscles, strong bones. You will be like a well-watered garden. A gurgling spring that never runs dry. You'll use the old rubble of past lives to build a new Rebuild the foundations out of your past. You'll be known as those who can fix anything. Restore old ruins. Rebuild and renovate and make communities livable again. As we get passionate about the things that Jesus is passionate about. Yes, we don't forget the vertical. We obviously want people to get right with Jesus. But we also want to see a world that Jesus wants to see. We want to see a kingdom kind of world, which is more just, which is more fair, which is moral and ethical and sees life valued. We see dignity. We see worth. We see fairness. And we see an end to injustice. So let's be those just do-gooders. Let's pray. So, Father God, I thank you for your heart, your heart of, of justice. And Lord, I pray for each person watching that you will break our hearts for what breaks yours. That in, in our relationship with you, that we would follow you and get passionate about the things that you're passionate about. That we want to be active and see change. That sees a better world, a more just world, a more kingdom kind of world. And so Lord, we do pray that your kingdom would come and your will would be done here on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name. Amen.